Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach, and we are in the same room for the first time in ages. Yeah, it's been a while. On a cold and, it's not stormy, but it's definitely a cold night here in Melbourne. Cold winter's night, yeah. I woke up this morning, there was frost on the grass, and um, it took a took a good couple minutes for my car to actually be able to see out of my car. Yeah. You know, those little ice crystals and everything, always a fun time. For our American listeners, this is what it's like in winter in the middle of the year when you're in summer right now. Exactly. It's basically the same as your Christmas, but no snow. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So I, the coldest it probably gets where we're at is is zero, about, you know. Degrees give Celsius. Or, de- Celsius, give yep. or take. That's about 32 yep. uh, degrees to my American friends It's cold enough. It's cold enough, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of gets warmer throughout the day, so there's no in this area of Victoria snow or anything, but it just kind of makes me happy every time it's this cold and I don't have a run schedule. Yeah, yeah. I rode my bike to the city this morning and I had that thing where I rode in with literal ski gloves on and ski jackets wow. and stuff like that. But then at the other, it was quite nice this afternoon when I rode home. Mm. And so then I had to find space on my bags to put all my jackets and ski gloves and everything because otherwise I would have cooked. Yeah, because that's, that's Melbourne. Like you, yeah. you wake up in the morning and it's like, oh man, it's like snowman territory. Mm. And then by the time it's the afternoon, it's like you got to have a second pair of clothes. Yeah, pretty uh, much. It's always a lot of fun. Four seasons in one day. Yeah, it's Melbourne. Mm, which yeah. is great fun when you're training for any sort of exercise whatsoever. Yeah, well, it's funny. <laughs> I was just talking to Aaron about this the other day. You know, it sucks a lot of the times because you train for, say, the marathon in the winter months. Yeah. And then you get to October, and it's kind of a crapshoot. Yep. Like, it could be it could be nice weather. It could be, like, you know, 10, 15 degrees, 20 degrees, warmest you want to go. Yep. And then some days it's like, nah, we're going to do 28 today. Yeah. You know, you've been training in zero degree. Well, I've done five Melbourne marathons, which are always in that first half of October, except for last year, which was December because of COVID. Mm. But the rest of the time, when it's been October, the four I've done, they've, they've never been cold. They've never been rainy. They've always tended to be hotter. Yeah. So I've had like three of them, I think, were over 20 degrees. And one of them was a beautiful 14 degree day where it was just amazing. I think but, that yeah. was, I don't know if it's the same one, but the last one that I did... Mm. It was a really good day. Yeah. It was a good day for running. Um, not for my knee, but, you know. Yeah, no, whatever. exactly. I'm not, I'm not bitter. That, rem- that reminds yeah. me, I'm going to do it whilst we're talking during this podcast. It's 98 days, I think, until Melbourne Marathon. That'd be about right. Yeah. I'm going to enter. Ah, boy. I'm going to enter. I'm going to enter a marathon live oh, on wow. the podcast. It's kind of like it's kind of like a good time because I think yep. they're still doing the early bird. I just there got is, a text from them. Yeah, 24 hours until the early bird closes. Yeah. And I've been tossing around with like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? And I've had a good 10, 12 days of exercise. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right, there's nothing holding me back other than just committing to doing it. That's right. So, All you need is 12 days of good exercise to enter your first marathon. Yeah, here we go. Register now at click link. Nice. Register so, for me too. I'm poor. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want to do the marathon this year? I think I will. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely, uh, it's on the cards. That's where Kirk uh, Kirk and I, that's our second race. So obviously we're going up to the half. Yeah. Uh, and then, but our main race is the uh, Melbourne mm. Marathon. And so I will enter it. I don't feel like entering it right now. Yeah. But $150. That is an early bird special. That's an early bird that special. Sucks. $150. Or if you want to get the VIP treatment and get to go to the little special room, you can pay, what is it, $250? $250 for a very important runner. So, yes. Uh, and there's uh, adult under four hours and adult over four hours. They're wait, saying wait, you have to enter. You're going to do under, I'm going under four under hours. Four hours, of course you are. I can go sub four. You can go sub four. Can go sub four. You ain't no punk. No. No ninny. Mm. Um, that's probably where I'll enter because I'm, I'm going to have high hopes for this one. I told Kirk today, I was like, you know what, 3.30 is, is a nice... Mm. 
number in my mind. Yep. In my mind versus on the road, very different story. But I think, I'm not sure in terms of the half. Uh, I said to him today, too, because now our, our current training plan is leading us up to that. Yes. And he hasn't really tapered me a lot, but he has put some really good speed work in the ne- next yep. couple weeks. So I said to him, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet because of, you know, uh, time travel and the globe. And <laughs> <laughs> so, timey-wimey stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Wibbly-wobbly. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't actually know what pace I should be aiming for for this half. Mm. So I was like, what do you think after working with me now for eight weeks? What do you think is a good effort? So I'll be interested to see what he says. Like, in my mind, I would love to aim for somewhere in the 140 to 150 range. I think... For the half. For the half. Yep. I think that's more than doable. Yeah. I think... Sub 140. I don't think that that's quite in there just yet, but I think that would probably be the next the next big step. Sub 140 is fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like a four. What's that? Like a four twenty something yeah. like that. Yeah. So look at us, math on the fly. Yeah, sub 100 minutes is fast. Like I've gone under. I've gone under 140 once and a half. Yeah, and that was like a perfect run. I got it like a mel. Uh, Run Melbourne, I think it was. Yeah, sure. I think I got like a perfect run at Run Melbourne where I got out in front of the crowds. Yeah. And there was, it was, you know, there was still a bit of jostling at the front, well, where I was relative to everyone else, but it, I didn't hit the, the jam yeah. up. Whereas if you're, you got to be ahead of the pace to That's beat it. those. And it's kind of, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of hard. Like if you, do, if you don't start there yeah. to get there, you have to push way too hard in the beginning. Correct. Uh, so I'm like, okay, if I can keep an average of like a five minute kilometer through the whole thing, I'm yep. really happy. You know, yeah, that's, that's exactly. a, it's an hour 45. That's right in there. I think my PB right now is around 144 or something. Okay. But that's, you know, I don't know. Um, so I'll see what he has to say. I'm curious. You know, we've been doing doing good workouts. I'm in the middle of trying to figure out what shoes I should. Yep. Because I, I wear the Essics uh, Gel Kayanos. Yeah. They're fine. But I'm finding that sometimes, because I wear those all for my recovery and my sort of incline work. Yep. Unless I'm at the Yu Yangs, I wear my trail shoes. Yeah. But I'm finding that I'm starting to get a little bit sore in my right hip every now and then. From and the Kayanos. Yeah, maybe. Yep. I don't know. But I said, I also said to Kirk, I said, I need a recommendation on shoes because, mm. like, I love the Super Shoe. That's a great shoe. Can't wear that. Yep. You know, affordably every run. And it's silly to wear it every run. Because, yes, definitely. Like, well, look at this. This is, um. do you, do you know Gareth? From Winford, I don't think you've met him. No. So he bought the Alpha Fly. Oh, I think yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, that's those ones I have. Two runs, the soul split on him. Yeah, I'm not a f- huge fan of the Alphas right now. Really? I mean, they're fine. Is that the bit of the Alpha where the big gel bag is? Is that probably th- just behind the? I think that's foot? just behind the forefoot. Yeah, 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 which is where it happens there. Yeah, because yeah, it looks very thin. The sole. There. It is. It yeah. is, and it's not. It, it's. I think it's one of those shoes that's either mm. you're gonna love or you're not. Yeah. And I think okay. for me, it's kind of I'm. Heading toward not. I love the vapor flies. Yep. But the alpha is not, I don't think, going to be a good shoe for me. So mm. I said, you know, over the past few years, I've been doing all the things. I've been doing the exercises. Mm. I've been doing the rolling. I've been doing the stretching. I've been doing yep. the single leg stuff. But there is something missing. Yep. There is a part of the equation that I'm not hitting yet, and I think it's the shoes. Really? I think it's the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. I, th- I feel like it is. I think... <laughs> I think I because I've heard enough stories of people who are are in the same boat as me, and then they yeah. find that pair of shoes, and then it, it just kind of goes away. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I went onto Nikes for so long, mm. and then I swapped off Nikes to something, and I think 
that's when I broke myself. But now if I go back to Nikes, it doesn't work. So that's why I've gone back to just Keanos. Yeah. I'm just well, going with safety first. Yeah, and that's that's kind of and that's why I said like what do I do? He's like, Well look, before we go into try this, try that, he's mm. like, You should probably go into uh, a running store. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I'll just do that. They I'll see what they say. That. Yeah. Because I did the Brooks GTS for such a long time and that was fine, but I don't know if that's the right shoe for me anymore. So I'm just going to go in there and pour my heart out and tell them my <laughs> just, entire history. Just cry and, and say, just listen, like, please help I me. About you, man. I have a feeling, maybe, because I was listening to a guy talk, this guy named Tim Lambrus, mm-hmm. and he's a bigger runner, and he had had problems, and he kind of landed somewhere between the Nike, the Zoom, and the React kind of yep. series, so I'm like, I'm wondering if wondering if that's where i'll land maybe yeah okay because if like the freaking super shoe then vaporfly is treating me so well and that's nike maybe nike's what about um like the pegasus just a good old round yeah uh... i think i think that's one of the shoes that i was thinking about because mm. i used to wear them but <laughs> i wore them before i was a runner so i just wore oh, right. them because they were cool right okay uh, just wore them for fashion purposes yeah exactly yeah so i'm putting the credit card in cool i'm gonna take a picture of the credit card i had i had to scroll through literally to enter this damn thing yeah you've been doing this for a while probably like 15 different um types of apparel they want you to buy do you want to buy a hat do you want to buy this do you want to buy that no melbourne marathon it's because your apparel generally sucks stop trying to sell me stuff people that's what i'm saying right now. first marathon i ever run with the melbourne marathon they gave me the sandpaper shirt oh yeah i know the one yeah i've had that one and it's still i can't wear it you can't wear it why would you ever do like what mel Mm. what 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 um daryl's actually striking from um this event because he had a bit of a struggle with trying to get out of the great ocean road marathon because he was injured and couldn't run it and they just said no sorry too late too hard even though he was injured and he wouldn't let him swap and then he's tried to get out of this melbourne one because he's got a i think he's carrying in his 2020 race still oh wow um and i think they've just gone no it's all too hard we're not going to have these people with um races from 2020 on the books forever so you either withdraw or you do the event and that's it i mean i guess that's kind of fair you got to draw a line on yeah eventually but because yeah yeah, i mean i guess that's kind of fair but at the same time i side with daryl because he's daryl yeah exactly so exactly it's all it's all about daryl uh, how's your how's your so twelve days of good running? Twelve days of good running. So good good running, good cross training. I go in and get my thank you for your purchase. You're welcome. There we go. We're done. Did you pay for mine? I must have forgotten that. Jerk. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Such a dick. Mm. Um. So I go in and get my cortisone injection in my foot on Monday. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Um. So I'll get that done, and then from that we'll see how it pulls up. But you know, right now it's like a two on the pain scale. I can, if I really push down on it, I can feel something. But as long as I roll the foot and as long as I wear the inserts and everything, it's it's okay. Right. What um, are these? Are these running shoes? These are um, Jordan uh, React. Oh, are they for running or biking? Yeah, or Jordan, Jordan Running. Oh, look at that. So Michael Jordan Running Shoes. I never learned yeah. to read or write. But I never wear them for running. I just wear them around because okay. I took the laces out and now they're just slip-ons. Oh, yeah. fair. oh so okay, you yeah. took the laces out. I took the laces just... out. Yeah. Oh, that's fancy. So mm. Shoe doctor. Cool. Mm. Um and so yeah, I'll um the the right calf hamstring, I'm just not feeling anything there at the moment. So yeah, I'm like just get on with it. Fair. I'm like you know unless I have a bad reaction from the cortisone injection, I figure I'll just get into training five sessions a week, um, with two bike rides for cross training, and that's going to be it for the next what it'll be be, twelve weeks. Yeah. It feels like twelve weeks. That's about yeah. that's about twelve. What's twelve times seven? seven. Yeah. So I'll do, I'll do a six week cycle to build up. And then I'll do another six-week cycle with some good long runs in it, do a 10-day taper, and away we go. Away we go. Yeah. 
bitching. That's my plan at the moment. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of... Three um, weeks to run Melbourne. Yeah, three weeks to run Melbourne. Uh, I just started my new... Well... I'm finishing up my last block. The D, this is my I'm in my deload week with Kirk. My second deload week. Mm-hmm. We'll start next week with a fresh block. Uh, I'm very excited. This week I'll do a one mile time trial on Saturday. I've yep. not done one of those in two years or so, mm. maybe more. Yep. So I'm very interested. Kirk, everybody's going to be on the podcast one of these days. He has agreed. He does want to do it, but he's just been very busy. So I feel like I'm going to send him a message and be like, "Yo, dude, <laughs> if I get like a Sub six for my mile time trial. You got to come on right away. Yep, done. So not going to happen, but <laughs> actually, we want him on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Say sub seven. Maybe I'll say sub eight. Yeah, <laughs> something I, like that. I feel like my mile will be somewhere around six twenty to six thirty. Yeah, um, happy with that. Yeah, and that's one of the things we were going to talk about today is different types of training. Yeah, so exactly. tra- training for a half marathon, you're going to do a time trial just to give do a good shakeout, work out what your yeah, maximum well, pace is. I think or? this is just for him to see because he did he had me do a five k time mm-hmm. trial at one point and then a 1k time trial at another point i think he had me yeah. do another one at some point is this only my second deload week with him it would be yeah so the first deload week was a 5k time trial and this one's a 1k a one mile time trial so yeah so i guess we did want to talk about that so it's actually yeah. awesome that we started out with you signing up for the marathon so yeah. today for today's training series everybody we're going to work out what the heck i'm going to do for yeah well <laughs> i figured what would be a fun time for us uh to do so we've got a couple of guests lined up we've got kirk we've got potentially mark yeah. who's going to come on uh the running god from winfit who we talk about so much it's only about time that we get him on mm-hmm. but we want to talk about a little bit of our favorite workouts and some of the different types of workouts and maybe the mentality mm-hmm. of workouts especially leading up to certain races so Maybe the difference between uh, the type of... Now, I'm not talking about necessarily easy runs. Mm. I'm talking about... Or even long runs, necessarily. Maybe we'll throw those in there. But just kind of different types of speed interval workouts you could do for, say, a marathon, yeah. half marathon, 10K, 5K. I think nobody our age really races less than a 5K event mm. in a... I mean, I'm sure they do, but not in like a normal thing. Of course, yeah. there's the there's uh, masters. I'm sure who are doing like I saw a guy who was 92 or something do the hundred meters. Um, good on him. Crazy, but uh, don't oh, yeah, think I don't think I saw that guy. Yeah, but I don't think he's listening to this podcast. So he's probably not. Most of our people are either who listen to this podcast. We assume, and if you're not this, let us know. We assume you're either trying to get a good park run time, or do a 10k, or do a half marathon, or maybe you've been bitten by the marathon bug or the ultra bug. Exactly. Um, so. So yeah, so I guess we'll we'll jump right into it. So we'll start with the uh, ultra marathon and marathon. Mm. So right off the bat, I will say, now everybody, mm. we're not running coaches. We don't pretend to be running coaches. All the running advice and training that we talk about is just our own experiences, yeah. and it's, it's for you to like experiment with if you want but this is what's worked for us but if it doesn't work for you and you've got something else that does work great do that if it works for you do it exactly i'm a coach for you know i personal train i strength training cardio aesthetics Mm. and stuff but i'm not a running coach yeah so we'll just go with our own experiences Mm. and what we think works so starting with the ultra marathon i will say right off the bat just in my very limited experience with the ultra i've only done two two very different ones but i will say that speed work i don't know is i wouldn't say it's not important but i would say it can definitely take a back burner like you don't unless you're racing an ultra which most of you listening to this aren't i would say intervals for an ultra kind of not the most important thing in the world but if you were going to do them you could probably do something similar to your marathon yeah i'd say the, the one difference with doing um 
an interval type workout when training for an ultra that's worked well for me would be hill repeats. Oh, sure. Yeah, so, makes sense. And, and longer hill repeats. So not like, you know, hill repeats you might do for a marathon or a half marathon. Might be a couple of hundred meters or so and mm. back down and you're doing them quite rapidly. Hill repeats that have worked quite well for me on ultra marathons are like, you know, kilometer and a half yeah. stretches or um, two kilometers, stuff like that. And not doing 10 of them, mm. but doing four or five. Um, especially if you can do it on similar terrain. Yeah. So hill repeats for an ultra on the road, like, you know, there's very few ultra marathons that are on purely on the road, mm. except for bloody Great Ocean Road, but anyway, mm. we don't That's talk about point. that. Most about that. ultras are on some sort of trail. Right. So some sort of hill repeats, um, you know, one and a half to two kilometers, four to five of those on a terrain that's similar to what you're going to be running, those are good to get in and do it. Because what we're talking about is not going for like a long run and doing a threshold run no. or a tempo run or something like that. It's getting in, doing a short, sharp, probably less than an hour. Yeah. And so you want to find something that you can comfortably do in less than an hour. Yeah. yeah. And I would say if you're doing that kind of workout, mm. you, you you want to probably try to push the tempo a little bit on the up. Yep. You know, go for a hard effort. You know, you could take your heart rate to that threshold area mm. if you want to for that. And then on the way down, don't walk, no. jog, run down. You know, you get a lot of benefit. And yeah. Mark, I, I can already tell you, if we get Mark on the podcast, he is going to talk about running hills and mm -hmm. running downhill and getting strong on downhill. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're going to do, like again, you can go find many marathons that are very, very flat. Mm. They'll they'll have undulations, but they won't have hills yeah. like an ultra has. With an ultra, being able to run downhill is a, is an essential skill. Mm. And so it's very hard to practice that if you're doing a long run, because unless you're doing a long run where you're going up and down hills the whole time, mm. chances are you're trying to find something that's a little less tough on the body. So hill repeats up and down for an ultra marathon, a trail ultra marathon, that could definitely be a good workout. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to put that into something uh, exactly substance, take a distance, take a time, and run up, yep. you know, depending on what type of hill you have access to, and then and then jog down. Yep. So even if it's even if it's like ninety seconds up, mm. and then equal part run down yep. or a kilometer up, you know, a great one if you have access to the Yu Yangs, mm. run up Flinders Peak yep. and then jog down. Or and start at the bottom gate and run to the car park and back down again. Exactly, there's, there's many places. Exactly. So you don't got to get too fancy with it, and no. just as as often or as as much as you do it, just kind of make sure that you're doing both yeah so when you're going downhill really important to practice running down from experience yeah and, and and i think what you said before is yeah coming back from the the ultra marathon to the marathon distance any of the repeats or speed workouts or interval workouts you do for a marathon they're not going to hurt you for an ultra marathon no they're going to benefit you it's just you might want to do some more specific ultra marathon intervals as well correct um you know intervals or speed work or stuff for a normal marathon or any of these things they don't all have to be at the track mm -mm. you can always just find a nice out and back course yeah. and run halfway doing one and halfway doing the other and use your watch and to be rather honest than the laps. it's probably better if it's not at the track because mm. the track whilst it's good it's and focused it's, it's focused yeah. it doesn't really simulate what you're going to be doing on the road no because uh, you're not going to be a turning in one direction the whole time you're not mm. going to be on that type of terrain, it's not a bad. It's not bad. Track work is great. Track for, work is great. It's easier on your legs than running on asphalt. Exactly. Uh, track tracks, athletic tracks, or ovals are both good if you're a little bit worried about injuries or mm. something like that. Or if you want to, you know, really protect your body, you can go a little bit harder with yep. confidence on a track or an oval, and then save the road running for the easy runs mm. or the, the tempo runs. Um, but a couple of good 
workouts that I've done when training for marathons have been proved. Repeats of 1600s yeah. are good. Or the assos, which yeah. you always oh, talk I love about. The assos, yeah. So the assos, which are eight by eight hundred meters. Right. So um, two perfect ones. Those are those are great. So yeah. Mm. So when you're training for now, we're down to the marathon. Yeah, your intervals need to be a little bit longer. Mm. So five by mile, mm. five by sixteen hundreds, yeah. basically what that is. Yeah. Uh, the asso eight hundreds. Yeah. You're looking at uh, eight hundred meters. You know, and the, these these this exercise is supposedly good for predicting what your marathon time is. Yes. So if you can do your 800 meters eight times, say you do it in three minutes and 20 seconds each time, that's it supposedly translates to a three hour and 20 minute marathon, which, mm. you know, give or take, whatever. Um, but with those, the, the rest period is going to be really important. So yep. I would say if you're doing Yasso 800s and you really want to get the most out of them, some people will tell you to rest equal parts. Mm. So if you do your 800 and 320, rest for 320. I disagree with that. I'd mm. say do your Yasso, do your 800, and then half the rest time yeah. and then go again. And that's really going to give you a little bit more bang for your buck and a little bit more idea of your staying power. Yeah, it's going it's gonna to test your resistance to fatigue mm. later on. Because the thing about, the reason why you do intervals is yes, the first couple of intervals you do should be really, really fast, but it's also to see how does your body cope with the stress over a repeated period of time. Yeah. So something, if, if you're doing 1600s, you'd probably want to have maybe maximum a three-minute rest between them. Any more than that, you start thing. to cool down. Yeah, exactly. You I'd know. say the exact same thing. Like, mm. you do a, a mile repeat, three minutes rest. And with both of these, you're... And now, everybody, there's tons of workouts you can do. These are just mm. our favorites. Yeah. But with both of these you're going to find out really quickly if you've started too quickly because yes. at the end, at the last 800 or that last mile, you're going to either be uncomfortable yep. and struggling or you're going to be so beat that you just can't. Like, you should be uncomfortable. Yep. And it's important, and we've said this before, that mentality of uncomfort, and this leads into another great workout for marathon training, is the threshold run, mm. is that... 40 to 60 minute hard effort bringing your heart rate up to a threshold pace your lactate threshold pace and at any given point in any of these workouts you're gonna feel like you want to quit and that's okay mm. like you want that uncomfort because that's the point and you want to get used to living uh going through that so some of the best athletes make themselves uncomfortable but they get comfortable living in that yeah. in that and i mean anybody who's done a threshold run like an 8K threshold run or something, or a five-mile threshold run, you know right around that third mile or that fifth kilometer, you kind of want to quit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thinking about mindset going into these interval um, training sessions, if you're not someone who pays a lot of attention to their watch or pays a lot of attention to their times or checks the data that your watch collects after a run, to get the maximum value out of interval work, you are going to want to pay attention to that. Mm. Because what you want to do is, like Andrew said, you want to push yourself a little bit. If you're trying to run the 800-meter Yasso in 320 pace, then you need to keep an eye on your watch during the event. Mm. You don't want to rely on running by feel and then looking at the data afterwards and going, oh, well, I was actually running 330s, 335s. Because you're not going... You want to push yourself to a point where you hit that feeling of fatigue and like Andrew said, really look at your speed profile, your pace profile over the course of the interval. Often I find that mine start off and then like zoom down. Yeah. Because you start way too quick and you zoom down. And with experience, 
you'll learn that you actually get a better time overall if you don't have that huge drop-off. Exactly. If you stay flatter. The longer the interval gets, the flatter you want. Exactly. The time that you think you're, quote-unquote, losing at the start because it feels easy, mm. you'll make up at the back half of the interval by holding the pace. And you're better off starting slow. Um, mm. You're better off starting slower than you think. Yep. Because you want to finish strong. That's the point. You want a negative split a race, right? So mm. you want to start off Maybe a little bit easy. Not easy. You still want to be working. Concentrate on your technique. Right. I find concentrate on good technique in the first half of your interval. That way, when you start to find your rhythm, but also fade with tiredness in the second half, your form's good. Yeah. You kind of remember what you're doing at that point. You're exactly. In the longer you can keep that form, mm. you know, the better. The better. Because your running form when you're tired mm. is going to be completely different than yeah. in the beginning. So and, and interval workouts, the, the two things to concentrate with your form, one would be cadence. Yep. You know, on a long run, on, on long, slow runs, we can kind of let our cadence drop away. You should be having, however, in interval workouts, a higher cadence. Mm. So someone like me who tends to run at like a 150-odd cadence, I definitely want to see high 160s when I'm doing interval work. And also, don't forget your arms. When you're doing an interval workout, you are working. You're not sprinting, but you're not jogging, so your arms should be moving. You They're should helping be using you, them to yeah. pump you along. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So those are some those are some marathon training workouts that we like. So yeah. for intervals, you want to go for those longer distances. Sure, you can do the 400-meter repeats, of course, yeah. but I'd say you're going to get more benefit out of a longer interval. So if we go down to a, a half marathon, I would dare say that you could probably get away for a half marathon doing something very similar to your mm. marathon training. And you could even, you know, I, I wouldn't, I personally don't know that I would change much mm. from my speed workout from a half marathon to a marathon. The only thing that I would really change would be my long run days. I, yeah. think. I think that that would be the majority of what I change because for a half marathon, I don't need to be running 30, 35 kilometers on my yeah. long run day. It would sure it's beneficial, but you don't need to do it. Whereas if you're mm. running a marathon, you're probably going to want to get some thirty to thirty-five kilometers in there at least. But I wouldn't. I don't think I would change much. Yeah, I think the difference between training uh, for a half marathon and a marathon is that with a marathon, you do want the interval workouts to be a steady majority of those slightly longer intervals. Mm. Whereas if you're training for a half marathon, there is no real problem instead of doing eight eight hundreds doing. Uh, 10 400s yeah. or 12 400s or something Mark likes to do is instead of doing just straight 400s or 800s he'll throw random 500s in there Yeah. Uh, and when you're at a track instead of just running a 400 meter loop on the track it's like oh well now I need to start from somewhere different on the track and it changes your mindset it, it's also a really yeah. good mental game too so like mm. you get it like if you're doing a 500 meter repeat at the track mm. you get around the track 400 meters and oh man, I've still got to do another 100 yeah. meters. It's kind of like it plays with your head a little bit, yeah. which is also a really good thing to get in the habit because you are you are going to play head games yeah. with yourself on, on a race. Whether it's a very fast race or whether it's a very long and slow race, you're going to come to a point where the mental game is just going to be really tough. Like whether it's the mm. last 10 kilometers of a marathon, whether it's that huge climb in an ultra, whether it's the third and fourth kilometer of a really hard 5k you're gonna need to be mentally strong yeah and, and the thing i love about doing a 500 meters at the track is what you do for your rest interval in that situation is you take the time to rest whilst you walk back to the starting point which is going to be about 100 meters or so mm. and then you go again 
And then what you can really see is when you look back at your time is, well, how slow was I walking? Was I naturally taking my time walking back to the starting point because I wanted to get my energy back? Or, hey, well, was I feeling really good this time? And I was like bounding back almost to the start. And it also helps you if you're a beginner runner. We always say that if you're getting towards the end of those long events and it's one of your first two, three, whatever it is events, the walk-run to finish an event can be great. And what you'll learn from the running 500 metres, walking back to the start you'll learn how quickly you can actually recover in 100 metres. Mm. You can get a lot of back into your body in just 100 metres. So if you're running an event and you're like, oh, well, I feel like I need to walk, don't sit there and just walk for kilometres. Walk for 100 metres and then get back running yeah. again. It's, yeah. a, it's a great way to pace yourself. Like mm. even on, on hard workouts, like I've been doing a lot of incline work. The other day mm. I did uh, I did um, five minutes at a 15% incline hard followed by five mm. minutes at a 1% incline kind of jog. Mm. And it got to the, and I did that, I think, five times. And it got to the point where in the fourth and fifth time, it was like, all right, on the inclines, I'm going to keep the speed for my jog, but I'm going to jog for 30 steps and then I'm going to walk for five steps. Those were giant ass strides because the pace was still a jog pace. But it kind of, it teaches you to keep as much as you can mentally and pushing forward. Sometimes it's going to come to, all right, I just got to take 10 steps and then I can just or 10, 10 running paces, then I can just walk for a couple of seconds. Yeah. 10 running paces, because you'll get that tired. If you do this long enough, you will get to a point in a race, if you go long enough, that five or 10 steps can seem like an eternity. Yeah. And you're going to have to say, oh, I'm just going to take 10 more steps, and then I can either rest or I can just, you know, move a little bit slow, more slowly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so as a general guide with these interval workouts, we... From from experience, what I've seen and what I've learned from training with Mark and, and reading books and stuff, it seems like if you're training for a 10K or a half marathon, you want to do enough intervals that your mileage of the intervals adds up to about four kilometers, somewhere in that four to five kilometer range. So if you're talking about, you know, um, doing 10 400s mm. or eight 500s or something like that, um, whereas if you're training for a marathon or an ultra, your distances tend to be more in that six to seven k range. Mm. You know, eight eight hundreds is six point four kilometers. Yeah. Five sixteen hundred meter repeats is around about that seven kilometer mark or something like that. Mm. So if you're training for a marathon or an ultra, your interval sessions should be somewhere around about that seven to eight k range. Whereas if you're training just for a half marathon or a marathon somewhere in that area, somewhere between four and five k's. Yeah. Because the the intervals should be intense enough that they're challenging. If you can keep doing these intervals again and again and again, and you can do 10, 12 kilometers of interval workout, Mm. chances are you're not working hard enough in the intervals. Mm. Try dropping the number of intervals and increasing the effort during Mm. the intervals. You'll get more out of it. Because speed workouts are meant to be speed workouts. They're not long, slow runs. Right. That's the difference. Right. You want to be working hard. Mm. And you can combine things. Like you can Mm. do like a threshold run, Mm. maybe a four or five, six kilometer threshold run, and then follow that up by a couple minutes rest and then go into some intervals. Yep. So you can combine all this stuff. Yep. So when we move down to a 10K, I some of my favorite like my favorite workouts for a 10K. I, we're again now we're heading into like the 5K, 10K land, 10K workouts. You know, kilometer repeats are great yeah. for a 10K. Yeah. I think that's probably that's where I would sit um, uh, for a 10K. Like six to eight kilometer repeats, short recovery as well. Yeah, you, what you want to give yourself enough breathing rate to get your heart rate back under control but then really test yourself and Mm. what you're trying to do is mentally sit there and go oh wow i just did five kilometers 
which each of those kilometers was my pace, if I can just bring them together, mm. you know, it's mentally lets you know that you can do it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And they're, they, <laughs> mm. these workouts that kind of on paper don't seem that bad, but if you're working hard oh, enough, yeah. like if you're doing six times 1,000 meter repeats, kilometer repeats, mm. by the time you get to the fourth, the third or fourth one, yep. you should be like, my God in heaven. Yep. I don't want to do. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it it does. It gets, and you have to kind of accept that. Yeah. Uh, and when you're taking your break between these intervals, there's, you know, if we talk about, again, we're using a track as an example, a 400 meter running track. If you're running a kilometer interval, that's two and a half laps. Mm. So chances are, unless you're stopping and then starting your next lap from that same spot, chances are you're going to finish and you're going to walk back to that same starting point. You've got a couple of options there. You can, Walking during your recovery of these intervals is great because it keeps you moving, it keeps the body loose. You don't want to just stop and not do anything, especially mm. in winter where we are now. Yeah. That's when you stiffen up, that's when you injure yourself or pull something. So you want no to keep fun. some light movement happening. Don't do static stretching in the middle of interval workouts. That's bad because then you're losing the elasticity and the explosiveness in the muscles. Mm. But you know, almost repeating your activation exercises, your hip swings, some sort of lunges, things like that, light squats, calf raises, things to keep you moving um, during the intervals that you don't stiffen up is, is important because you basically, you want to keep the engine running Absolutely. during the intervals. Yeah. Absolutely. Which now that brings me down to the 5K. So 5K to <coughs> me is like the hardest. I think a hard 5K to me is like more hard than, more challenging than any other any other distance so i would say if you're doing a 5k and you really want to do it for time your intervals should probably add up to almost five kilometers so yeah. you want to so you know um 12 times 400 meter repeats yeah. great workout it seems like a lot of volume for a yeah. 5k but it's going to benefit you and i would say in the in the recovery if you're say doing your say it takes you a minute and a half to two minutes to do your to do your 400 meter repeat rest for 30 to 60 seconds and if you want to really push it a little bit instead of rest walking mm. do a do a recovery jog yeah. and that's that's i would say in a 5k really an important well not important but really a useful thing to be able to do to jog in the middle of those those uh those efforts so if you're doing that it's it's really going to help you because a 5k man there is nothing to me more painful yeah. than a hard 5k yeah we we don't it, you know even with a 5k 400 meters maybe 300 meters maybe 12 by 300s i've done a few training sessions with mark for those doing 200 meter intervals there's not a lot of value in it for any of the runs that we're talking about here because mm. they'll get you moving they'll get you fast out of the blocks yeah they'll get you really concentrating on your form but you're not going it, to, it's going to help you with the sensation of speed. And, and like we always say, to run five kilometers fast, you need to be able to run 200 meters fast to start off with. But once you've got some sort of basis of training, it's not going to help you that much. Mm. One, one um, workout I do like, which I call the pyramid workout, because it's got a whole bunch of variety in it, uh, is you start with a 200 meter interval, then you rest for 90 seconds. And then you do a 400 meter interval. Sure. Then you rest for 90 seconds. You do an 800 meter interval. Mm. You rest for 90 seconds. You do a 1200 meter interval. Sensing a pattern. You rest for 90 seconds. You go down to 800. 
And what's funny is that as you build up the mileage, the rest it feels shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't have enough rest. But then once you've done the 1200 and you start coming back down the pyramid, 90 seconds, 800, 90 seconds, 400, 90 seconds, 200. It's amazing how big that 90 second rest feels. Yeah. And by the time you get to the last 200, you're like, oh, I'm. It's, your last 200 will often be better than your first 200 because you've warmed up, the body's moving, you've found your form. Yeah, you've got more energy on the first 200, mm. but you've actually got more experience and form and you're in the groove more for the last 200. And plus, it's the last one. Yeah. And there's nothing like the last interval because you can just go for it. Yeah, you just like yeah. know that nothing... Yeah. That's... that's I, I, You know, there's something really to that. Mm. Like, if you go out for a long run, mm. your first and second mile generally are going to feel like absolute crap. Yeah. My man is pushing me off my chair. We have a massive dog who has decided he wants to be part of the podcast. He doesn't realize that he, A, can't talk, and B, he's on video. But that's all right. Good boy, Cal. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, the first couple miles feel like crap. Like, I went for a long run the other day, mm. 26 kilometers. And the first, I mean, I felt really comfortable throughout the whole thing. Don't get me mm. wrong. But the last couple K, I was like, I was like, I was like on point yeah, yeah. and I could speed up because it's like everything's warm, everything's fine. It's the same thing with an interval. You'll find, say if you do, say if you're doing 12 by 400 meter repeats, you'll probably find that anywhere between five and seven mm. are your best. I usually find my best interval feeling wise and speed wise at around the seventh interval. Yeah. And that's where the, the interval training is great for training your mind mm. because it's all about putting you being in the moment of the interval but also putting the intervals into context of each other and then trying to work out that you don't you know when you, you we've all done well sorry Mark, andrew and i've done those interval workouts where we finished an interval and we're like i didn't leave it on the table then yeah I'm, I'm gaming this system i'm holding something back so i can feel better in the end or things like that and, and those are recognizing those moments in the moment when they occur or even after the workout during a period of self-reflection, going, you know what, now that I think about it, I was pacing myself. I wasn't giving the workout everything yeah. I should have in the middle. That's great because then that's something that you can watch out for next time. Exactly. And it's something you can look out for in the race as well If you're when you eventually get to your event. Okay, I'm doing the marathon. I want to do five-minute pace. I've just had two kilometers of 5, 10, 5, 15. Why? Mm. What's going on here? Am I tired? Am I fatigued? Am I losing focus? Is it something I can fix or is it something I need to live with? Yeah. And there's a lot of times, especially for me, when I do that and I find that I'm not necessarily pushing as hard as mm. I want to. It's it's kind of like a guts thing. Yeah. It's not a it's not a talent thing or it's not a, a capability thing. It's like a guts thing. Like sometimes mm. I'll come off at the end of a workout and I'll be like, I don't know that I was gutsy enough with that. Yeah. So you know, I really wanted to push that, but my heart rate only got up to like 165. Yeah. I could have probably pushed it to my heart rate getting up to 170. You know, maybe that's an extra 5, 10 seconds off the pace, but that's an extra 5, 10 seconds off the pace. And so you just, you kind of got to get gutsy sometimes. And I know that we have been saying, yeah, you know, pace yourself. Mm. But there will be workouts where you just want to kind of, mm. you want to come away from it being like, yeah, I didn't fake that. Yeah. That was that was everything I had. And you sometimes will have those workouts where your last interval or your last two intervals, three intervals, you'll blow yeah. the hell up. Yeah. And that's okay because those are the ones that really tell you a lot. Like, all right, oh. well, I started out at one 120 per 400 meters. So mm. one minute and 20 seconds, 400 meters. I ended doing 150. Yeah. 
But I know that I was pushing my absolute max. Yeah. And I know that maybe next time I have to start at 130. Yeah, I, I, I faded badly on the last one, but I learned that I can do 130 at the start. So now it's like, well, what's the average? Can I get the average to yeah. be closer by saving a little bit at the start? What can I do at the end? So, so I come back to that point of, you know, when you go and do interval workouts, you should have a plan going in mm. of what you want to do pace-wise. Often when we're at the track and we're training with a bunch of people, before we start, you'll see people sort of talking to each other, go, what are you doing tonight? What pace are you going after? And you want to have, you want to be informed by past performance. And you don't necessarily need to go out and take five seconds off your interval every single time, mm. but you at least want to know what you did last time and yeah. set that as a target. Right. And then it's all about, okay, this is my target from last time. This time I want to go faster than that. Or actually I'm not feeling it, but what I'm going to do is a consistency. I'm going to try and hold what I did before. Because if you can hold the interval pace you did beforehand, you can hold it again. Well, now that's a streak. Yeah. We're streaking. Yeah. It's consistency. We're what? We're streaking. We're streaking. We're streaking oh. through the quad. We're streaking, <laughs> streaking the quad. through the quad. <laughs> um, but it's all about being informed. So, yeah, if with interval workouts, embrace the data side of it. It will help you get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's going to, yeah, and there's going to come time where you're... I forgot what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. Mm. I was just reflecting one time. I remember doing that pyramid workout. I went out so hard on the 200 at the start, blistering time, like did the 200, walked back, uh, no, did the 200, waited the 90 seconds, started the 400, and I think I got 200 meters through the 400, and I was so blown up from the 200, mm. I had to hop off the track and lie on the side of the track. Yeah. Because I felt like I, I literally... It was as if I'd bonked into a marathon wall, except instead of doing it at like the 38k mark of a marathon, yeah. I did it after 200 meters of track work. And and that, <coughs> that's actually that's that that reminded me of what I wanted to say. Everybody, oh well, depending, mm. like we can all go out and run mm. a sub 15 minute 5k pace, mm. right? But not all of us can hold it for sub 15 minutes. Or otherwise, we'd all be doing that park run. Right. We can. <laughs> so we can all run it. It's just teaching ourselves and training ourselves to be able to hold it longer mm. and a little bit more comfortably. So with something like that, mm. you go out and you run this 200 meter like a fast as shit. Mm. It's like, yeah, I know I can hold that pace, but can I hold that pace for 200 meters or can I hold that pace for 200 meters and then go again yep. for another interval? And it's all, that's that's the thing. That's, what, that's the purpose of intervals is finding what pace you can hold for how long mm. and trying to increase a the pace or increase the comfort level at that pace or increase your uh, sorry decrease your heart rate level at that pace yeah uh, and then and then that's how you get faster yeah it, it will improve your long runs you'll find that you'll go out on long runs and they'll feel easy we people always say when does it feel easier well it never feels easier you just handle it better mm. but doing interval speed work will make those long runs feel easier because the pace will be feel slower. Yeah. You'll be sitting there going, oh, well, as recently as a couple of days ago, I ran a lot harder than this and I got through that. So the easy runs become easier. I know that when I reflect on the last couple of years for me, one of the big things I think that took me away from being a marathon runner into being an ultra event survivor was I stopped doing the track work. I stopped doing the interval work. My mm. focus shifted to hiking inclines, going up and down trails, doing technical work, doing stupid long runs for ultra distances, and I got away from that speed work. Mm. And I think, you know, thinking ahead to what my next cut 12 weeks looks like, 
I've got to make sure I get to the track once a week at least. Yeah. And even on those days where I don't go to the track, probably need to find another interval workout of some form to get that speed. Because that's when I was at my... Again, thinking about the conversation last week with Tim, when we were at your best, and he's like, oh, I knew I was at my best when I was doing this and this and this. When I reflect when I was at my best back in 2019, I was regularly doing two-a-day interval, you know, two interval workouts a week of good quality. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, there you go. So it's all, it's kind of all all part of the same system, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are, we constantly stress how important the long and easy run is Mm -hmm. to build that aerobic engine. But then you've got to look at the interval work to focus on the form, the mm. turnover, the speed, the heart rate, the breathing. lactate threshold. The what's that? Breathing. Breathing. Yeah, yeah. breathing. Breathing's uh, important, as I found out. Indeed, yeah. you, you don't want to. You don't ever want to stop doing no. that, whether you're running or not. And when we talk about easy runs, we say, "Hey, you need to recover. You need to do the easy run." You know why we say you need to do the recovery in the easy run? Because you've gone hard in the interval workouts. If you don't go hard in the interval workouts. You don't get to have an easy run. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Earn it. Earn your easy runs. That's that's actually a really good point. Like when I'm, if I'm working hard enough, if I'm working really hard throughout a week, I am so excited to get up and do a recovery run or have a rest day because like, I'm like not pooped in a bad way, but it's like, yeah, I, I earned this. I earned this. I still want to run because I want to run. Yeah. But God, it's nice to just go out there and not have to do the intervals, not have to follow Mm. the clock. Exactly. You know, you've got to earn those recovery runs, earn those easy days. That's right. Mm. So do we have anything else? Any more workouts we want to talk about? Um, I'm just trying to think. No, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I think those are, those are the ones. So ultra marathons, Longer repeats, longer intervals. If you're doing trail events, do something with hills yep. and technical descents and stuff. Try for ultras, for marathons and above. Get your intervals to somewhere around that six, seven k range. Yep. Marathons that are going to be on road. Don't worry about the trail stuff as well. Hill repeats are still good even for a marathon. Oh yeah. Hill repeats are good for any distance. Anything. Yeah. Anything because again, if you can run well on a hill, you'll smash it when you get on the flat. Uh, and then a couple of the workouts we talked about, the Yassos, the 8x800s, the uh, 10x400s, 12x300s, the pyramid of 200, 400, 800, 1200, 800, 400, 200. Um, they're ones that we've regularly done that, that work well for us. And just like, I guess, uh, one last workout that I didn't talk about, real easy. If you don't, if you're, if you don't, because not everybody has a GPS watch, no. but everybody has some kind of stopwatch or mm-hmm. clock or watch. If you're if you can't really gauge, you know, a distance, just do something really simple like go by time. Yeah, sixty on, sixty off. Yeah. Thirty on, sixty off. And uh, stuff like that, you don't need to track for. You no. can just find a long out and back run. Just go and off you go. Sixty yeah. seconds hard, sixty seconds recovery. Yeah. Thirty seconds hard, thirty. Se- you know, whatever. Yeah. It's real, real easy. Uh, Maybe you live in an area that's got streets of regular intervals. Mm. Run the the distance between the streets. Walk safely across the road. Run the next block. There away you go. go. Fart yeah. leg training. I yeah. like it. There mm. you go. Um, so another one final one for me that has also worked in the past, um, something from triathlons called a brick. That's where you do a ride, a bike ride, and then you hop off the bike ride and straight away you go into a run. Yeah. And what that'll do is that will, when you bike ride, you work muscles in your legs that are different to when you run. Yeah. And so by going from fatigued legs off a bike ride to It's a run, weird getting off a bike to a run. It's really weird. And yeah. you need to do it relatively quickly. I'm not talking about go for a bike ride and then half an hour later go for a run. I'm talking about go for a bike ride, get off the bike, get your shoes on and start running. So strange. It is extremely weird, but it will also help you discover where different muscle groups are working. Um, and, you know, it's... 
it's definitely something that will benefit cross training. You wouldn't want to do a super big bike ride and then a super big run. It's more like, you know, use the corporate triathlon distance as an example. Do a 10 kilometer bike ride, four kilometer run. Nice. You know, again, you could probably do that within an hour yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. You want to pump in your quads. That's how to do it. Yeah. Well, all right, everybody. That's uh, that's kind of that's it from us in terms of uh, this episode for the training series and some of our favorite workouts. Mm-hmm. Some of those workouts that you can maybe look at implementing into your program. Like I said, we are not running coaches. We just like to talk about our experiences and what has worked for us and what we get excited by because that's at the end of the day you've got to be excited about what you're doing Mm. you know you're not always going to love the fact that you need to get up and run but you need to have a majority of the time this is what i'm enjoying this is what i'm excited by so yeah over the next couple weeks we'll have mark on we'll have kirk on we might get some other guests i think we're going to just continue with this training series maybe leading up to at least the race melbourne mm. potentially up to the melbourne marathon just because i think we're we're on a streak ourselves yeah so we're doing quite well we're streaking so that's there's, a, lot there's a of couple fun. events coming up you've got your event um in a couple of weeks time i'll be doing a training long run in august that'll be fun so there'll be a couple of experiences from events to talk about exactly y- you always learn something from an event totally. it doesn't matter if you've done the event beforehand or not every race is different every day is different There's always something to to if not learn new remind yourself from it. yeah that's about right. Well, I guess we'll take that and we'll end on that because I couldn't have said it any better myself. So, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. We will see you out there on the trails, the treadmills, and the roads watching you go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Catch you next time.